Hi everyone, welcome back to Invested, where we talk about wealth as being more than just money. Our partners Paul Rand, Joel Rand, and Sarah Minikari will bring in guests and industry thought leaders to chat about meaningful topics on personal finances, health and wellness, ideas for your business, tax planning, and other key issues that impact our lives and our livelihood. So thank you for joining us, and we hope you find our discussions not only practical and educational, but maybe sometimes a little thought-provoking. With that, let's get to the episode. Hello, and welcome back to Invested. On this episode, our special guest is Dan Paterka from the Paterka Insurance Group. Dan specializes in helping clients navigate the seemingly overcomplicated maze of Medicare plan selection. We were first introduced to Dan by one of our clients who happened to attend one of Dan's informational seminars. And Dan has since become a great resource for our team and someone we can turn to when we have questions about some of the special nuances of Medicare or the various plans that are offered. As with other guests, the RAND Group has no financial relationship with Dan or the Paterka Insurance Group, and we receive no compensation from any services Dan or his firm may provide. So with that, Let's get to our conversation with Dan Paterka and talking about Medicare. Hi, and welcome back to Invested. Today we have with us Dan Paterka from Paterka Insurance Brokers, and we're going to talk about all things Medicare. As Dan is a Medicare expert, uh, we've referred clients to Dan, and he helps our, our clients help with the decision-making maze that is Medicare once we uh, decide to take a look at that. So welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. So, nice to be here. Um, so Dan, I'm 64. I've worked for a company or companies for a long time. They generally give me their menu of healthcare plan options. I, I pick this. However, I'm either retired or going to retire and I'm turning 65. And now I turn to the, to the Medicare world. And it seems more complicated to me than I expected. So can you tell us a little bit of like, how does Medicare work and where do I start and how do I decipher all this stuff? Sure, well, um, one of the things about Medicare, even though it's a very uh, stable program and has been for years, is that it can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. So what we um, try to do is simplify it for you. For years, you've had an HR department, they've been able to provide you with your options every year and you say, okay, I want PPO or HMO and, and it's, you're good to go for the next year. Um, Medicare is very similar in, in a respect, um, but unfortunately, Medicare uses different terms to mean exactly the same thing and similar terms to mean completely different things. So it causes confusion for consumers. Awesome. And, and so that's kind of where we come in. Yeah. Um, the Turk Insurance has been around for well, since 2009, um, my wife started me in the industry. Uh, she's been in, in it for far longer than I have, but um, I've learned a lot and quickly. And um, so that's one of the things we do is we um, create that space where you can learn what Medicare is about. Um, if we take a step sort of back, there's general information that we like to provide to people in the very first. Um, we we would like to go through a Medicare summary and then the parts of Medicare, there are entry points into the system. And so those are called election periods. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. Um, one of the considerations for most people is leaving employer coverage. Um, so we'll look at that. 
And then kind of talk about what your coverage options are under the Medicare system. And then last, I'll leave you with some contact information if you have further questions or if you um, if you need help getting into Medicare and, and signing up with it from then on. So when do I need to first start thinking about this? Um, it's not a bad idea to do it about six months from when you turn 65. Uh, if you're employed, you don't have to worry about it until six months before you leave employer coverage if you meet three conditions. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Okay. And, but I understand there's a, that there's a, there's a window, right? I don't want to be too early. I don't want to be too late. Right. And that's what we call um, election periods or the entry points into Medicare. So um, let's get into that in a, in a, just a little bit here. Um, first of all, I'd like to go over some general information. Sure. Um, under the Medicare system, you're considered to be a beneficiary. You have paid into a trust fund for one of the parts of Medicare, and that money is available to you when you when you become eligible for Medicare, usually at age 65. Um, you are probably getting a lot of mail at this time if you are 65 um, or older because um, lots of insurance companies are willing to send you sort of fluff to get you to call them and so they can sell you a policy. Um, we are regulated by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and in true government fashion, they've abbreviated the acronym uh, and instead of being CMMS, it's CMS. The CMS is charged with the oversight and regulation of our industry, and they're there to make sure that you are not being taken advantage of, whether you're 65 or 105. They're there for your protection, for beneficiaries' protection. When and when you say you are regulated, when you mean the insurance agents or brokers or what's the difference insurance and uh, agents and brokers so an agent is someone who works for a company yep. um, so they represent that company and a broker is someone who works for clients and represents a number of different companies so we can provide you with sort of options um, as well as you know it's it's a no-cost service in the medicare world we, um, we're not allowed to charge fees because we represent the insurance companies and so we get paid by them Okay. And then, so Medicare, I know it's sort of health insurance, but I know there's also, there's part A, part B, there's the whole alphabet alphabet soup about with Medicare. Can you kind of walk us through what, what is Medicare and just to, to start with the basics and then we'll get into all the alphabet soup. Part sure. Part. Sure. So um, Medicare essentially is health insurance for people who are 65 years of age and up. You could be under 65 with certain disabilities. It's um, a disability that la has lasted more than two years, uh, but you could also have end-stage renal disease. That's stage four where you're on dialysis. That will also qualify you for Medicare. Uh, the Social Security Administration is in charge of getting you enrolled into Medicare because they have your earnings history. And then they also are in charge of billing. Um, as I mentioned, CMS or Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, we'll just call them Medicare from now on, they're charged with the rules and the plan designs. So they make sure that you, um, you know, that, that we're all conforming to certain regulations. Okay. And then I, I know like we've had clients that don't necessarily qualify for Medicare or don't get Medicare uh, or don't have to have Medicare, but they still need to enroll. enroll. Is that can you give us give me some insight into that for uh, sure? Who does, who does um, there are there are windows of opportunity for for Medicare, and they're yeah. called election periods. Yeah. Uh, the election periods um, there are four main ones, so we'll think of them as entry points. Yeah. 
there's the initial election period when you're first turning 65. This is an opportunity for you to sign up for Medicare for seven months. It's the three months before your birth month, the month of your birth, and the three months after. So it's a, it's a big window of time. If you sign up in any of the months before your birth month, Medicare will start on the first day of your birth month. So let's take an April 19th baby. Um, you can sign up as early as January 1st, January, February, March. Those are the three months before your birth month. Um, so if you sign up on January 1st, it'll start on April 1st, um, January, February, or March. If you sign up in April, it starts in May. May, it starts in June. The last two months of that window, you have to be careful uh, because Medicare will extend the entry point for you. Um, it's not a lot. You won't be penalized for not having Medicare because you'll have done it within your window, but mm -hmm. you want to be careful with that because they push it out a little bit further and you might want it sooner. Um, for people who are employed, um, you have a special election period when you're leaving employer coverage. And so that's another entry point. So if you're already employed, you can disregard that initial election period and you can wait until you leave employer coverage. Now, the important thing for employer coverage is that you have to be actively employed so after you leave employment, you've got a window, another window, that special election period to take advantage of. Um, you have to be covered under that employer's coverage and you have to have greater than 20 employees. So greater than 20 employees, you're covered under the employer's plan and you're actively employed. You do not need to sign up for the initial election period. You can wait until you decide to retire. Okay. And if I'm covered, say I had an employer that was and there aren't that many of them left that was generous enough to say, hey, we're going to cover your retirement in, in uh, excuse me, we're going to cover your health care in retirement. Do I still need to sign up for Medicare? You need to sign up for Part B of Medicare if you're 65 or over. Okay. You do. You do not need to sign up for Part D. That's one of the Parts B, Bravo, and D drugs. Those are um, voluntary. But if you don't sign up when you should, you may face a penalty and that penalty will go with you for the rest of your life. So we have to be careful with that. And I'm cheating a little bit by getting into the, some of the alphabet soup ahead of time, but, um, and then you mentioned centers for Medicare and Medicaid services and there's rules and what, can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Medicare establishes minimum standards mm -hmm. for uh, what they call advantage plans which is part C, we're jumping a little bit ahead, right. for the drug plans, which is part D. Um, those minimum standards have to be met in order for an insurance carrier to provide you with a, a, what we'll call a benefit package. They're known as plans, um, but that can be a confusing term. And so we'll just call them benefit packages. Um, and that's essentially it. They make sure that those carriers meet the standards. And as long as they do, they're allowed to sell a benefit package in the marketplace. And some insurance carriers have many different packages to sell. And so it, it becomes confusing in that respect as well. Okay. Uh, so maybe we now we jump in officially into the, the alphabet soup. Okay. Um, and <laughs> so part A and B are the basic ones, right? That's right. They're called original Medicare, A and B together. That's because they were both established in 1965. Um, and then the other parts came along later. Uh, a is acute care. It's a hospital stay, uh, catastrophic coverage, if you will. Um, and we'll get into that in a second, but that's part A. 
you've paid into a trust fund for Part A, so you don't have to worry about that when you uh, become eligible for Medicare. Part B is everything else. It's the doctor office visits, the you know, lab draws, x-rays, and so on. Part V is B is voluntary. You do not need to sign up for Part B. And this is the part that you can stall uh, when you're in employer coverage. You do not need to sign up for it. You have not paid into a trust fund for Part B. So you do have to pay uh, a premium for Part B. Um, and there's, there's a base premium every year. We'll look at that in a moment. Uh, part C is an alternative to original Medicare. That, that's parts A and B. Um, and so the government pays an insurance carrier to provide your health care. So you're moving away from original Medicare and you're going to uh, an insurance carrier to provide for your needs. Part D was established in 2006 and it's prescription drug coverage. So important to know is that parts A and B, original, straight, or traditional Medicare, they're all known by the same terms, um, they do not include prescription drug coverage. Part C plans probably do. Okay. All right. <clears throat> do you want to jump into what part A is a little bit? I would, that's right. You took the words out of my mouth. Let's go to part A. <laughs> um, part A, it, it includes a hospital stay, skilled nursing facility, home health care if a doctor orders it, hospice if a doctor orders it, and after the first three pints of blood. So you can see, Paul, that it's really kind of a catastrophic coverage. Okay. If you go to the hospital, you're yeah. going to pay this year $1,484 um, each and every time you go. So ankle fracture in January, $1,484. Uh, appendicitis in July, another $1,484. Uh, you know, and let's say gallbladder in November, $1,484. You're close to $4,500 out of pocket. Um, one of the issues with original Medicare Parts A and B is that there's no upper limit to the amount of money that you'll spend as a, as a beneficiary. So um, that's hospital. Skilled nursing facility, there's a $185.50 a day after day 20. Medicare allows you to stay at no cost. We cannot say free, that's one that's against the rules. Um, but after the first 20 days, uh, you, they'll start charging you. Um, they'll keep you for three weeks and then you've got to show continuous improvement. If you don't, they'll send you home. So, you know, and I don't want to get too far off the rails on this, but I just want to make a, a clarify a point. So we, a lot of clients talk to us and we, we go through the planning process with them and we talk about long-term care insurance. So is Medicare long-term care insurance? Are they the same thing? And, and sort of how do those two marry together? Um, Medicare doesn't cover certain things by law. One of them is long-term care. Okay. So if you have a long-term care policy, you'll want to keep that even if you go on to Medicare. Um, and this is perfect in regards to skilled nursing facility because they will only keep you for 100 days. Yeah. And after day 100, um, they're going to say, hey, you need something more than what we can offer to you. Yeah. You've got to go home and, and use your long-term care policy. So, yeah. yes. Okay. And we won't go down that long-term care rabbit hole. That's a, that's a, a, that's a another topic for, for another day. Yeah. So, uh, and then part B, are we ready to go to part B? We're ready to go. Um, Part B includes everything else. It's the day to day stuff. So I think of it as basic. So we've got part A acute, part B basic. Um, part B includes an ambulance ride, surprisingly, because they don't know if it's going to turn into a catastrophic event. So um, ambulance ride is usually covered under part B, physician visits, outpatient hospital services, um, durable medical equipment, lab and diagnostic tests. Under part B, you'll pay a small deductible one time per year, this year it's $203. It changes a little bit every year. Um, 
that $203 deductible, after you pay that, now you're entitled to the benefits that the program has to offer. And it's an 80-20 split. So Medicare will pay 80% of its allowed amount and you'll pay 20% of the allowed amount. Anything over that allowed amount has to be written off by the provider. So um, we should probably use uh, a, a doctor as a Part B provider just to make it easy. Let's say you go to a doctor and he wants to charge you $200 for the visit. He sends the bill to Medicare. Medicare says, we only allow you to charge $100. Here's 80 from us, Medicare, and you can get the other $20 from Dan. Um, so that's kind of nice. That's how that 80-20 split works. Now, there are some doctors who do not uh, bill Medicare. Or they, they don't have a contract with Medicare, but they will bill Medicare for you directly. Um, they'll say, you pay me in advance, I'll bill Medicare, and Medicare will reimburse you the 80%. Okay. In return for that fantastic favor that I'm doing, I'm going to charge you a 15% administrative fee. That is allowed under Part B of Medicare, and it's known as a Part B excess charge. Now, there aren't many doctors that do that because they want to have an ongoing relationship with their clients, patients. Yeah. And you'll find that anesthesiologists will do that because they'll never see you again. Yeah. And uh, emergency room doctors will do that as well. So if you get admitted to the hospital, then it's truly an emergency. If you're not admitted, you might see a Part B excess charge. Uh, okay. So these are all considered to be gaps in Medicare, original Medicare, and we look for ways to fill in those gaps. Okay. And and so I'm talking about talk the 14. About donut holes later. No, actually the donut hole relates to prescription drug coverage. That's something different. So um, what I'm talking about are the 1484, uh, deductible under Part A, the 185.50 uh, for skilled nursing facility after the first 20 days, 203 annual deductible, the 80-20 split, the Part B excess charge. Those are all considered to be gaps. Okay. You have to be careful with those things. Again, under Medicare, there are no upper limits to the amount of money that you'll pay as a beneficiary. And, you know, as you mentioned before, uh, where there's no, and in, in our industry, there's no shortage of acronyms and things that, uh, <laughs> so I, I know you mentioned IRMA, right? And PDP. Uh, right. Uh, and how income can affect the cost of your, of your Medicare. Right. So um, if you're considered to be a higher income beneficiary, uh, yeah. Medicare um, will charge you more. Uh, it's, it's a surcharge, a levy, um, and it's unfortunate, but anybody who makes over $88,000 as an individual or $176,000 married filing jointly. And uh, Paul would know more about this side of it than I will, but it, it's your AGI line. They look at AGI, they add back in tax exempt interest, like from a municipality, uh, and they determine that, that that's your income. And so you're, you might be able to afford more than the, the, the base premium for part B, and you'll be able to to pay a little bit more for Part D as well. So there are six different tiers for this um, income-related monthly adjustment amount. It's called an IRMA. Uh, and the tiers go up to $750,000 married filing jointly. So if you make that amount of money, um, there are some rules and conditions associated with it. Um, for example, they looked two years ago because that's the most recent information that Medicare has. Right. Um, so we're looking at 2019's income and they'll say, oh, well, you make over 176,000. We're going to charge you a little bit more for parts B, 
and D, parts um, Bravo and Delta. Okay. And so, and that two-year look back, um, does that stick for two years or does that change every year? Like once I get dinged, like say I had an event that created more income in a certain year and that, so, and I and that's one of the things that we need to watch out for when we're doing income planning is does this chunk of income push you into that bracket and how does that impact your Medicare expenses? But how exactly. long does that, how long does that, that tack, that ding stay on your record, so to speak? Well, they are supposed to revise it every year, but it doesn't always happen. And so you need to be more of an advocate for yourself and, and we can help you with that. Um, there are appeal forms if you feel that it's uh, inappropriate or it's a one-off. You know, I, I sold some income producing property and I had this, you know, big income right. or, you know, as we, as we, as time passes, our higher income years tend to be our, our last years before we retire. And so you retire, the income goes away. Well, that's, there's no justification for you to have that anymore. So Medicare will allow you um, um, to appeal the Part B and D uh, earnings, the Part D surcharges. Yeah. So um, there's a way around it. And can you give me an example of like, hey, here's, here's a standard cost if I didn't have a lot of income above that level. And then all of a sudden, if I have a pop-up in income, how much does that really affect me? Um, so the, the Part B premium this year is 148.50. It creeps up a little bit every year. Last year it was 145.60. So it's not a lot of money uh, that the Part B premium goes up. It's the IRMA that can affect you and is actually a consideration for some people when they decide to leave employer coverage or not. Um, but again, if you're not actively employed, then you've got to look at Part B of uh, Medicare. So um, let's say at um, $750,000 above the top tier, you're going to pay $504.90 a month for Part B versus $148.50. Oh, okay. And that's per month? Per month. Right. And then um, for Part D, they also have an IRMA and at the top tier, um, they use they use the same tiers. Fortunately, um, you're paying seventy seven dollars and ten cents. So um, five eighty one is what you'd be paying for Medicare. Okay. At the very top level of earning. And how does the what's the what are the mechanics for deducting the the premium? How does the premium get paid? <clears throat> there are a couple of ways to do it. If you're not drawing Social Security income, they will. Um, bill you every three months. So they'll bill you that, you know, $581 um, times three. If you're drawing social security and you have enough money being drawn from social security, uh, they will take it out of your social security check. Okay. All right, so we covered A and B and touched a little bit on D. Right, and so we'll just take a look at C really quickly. Um, we talk about C being um, an alternative to original Medicare parts A and B. Um, these are known as Medicare Advantage plans or MAs. If they include prescription drug coverage, which most of them do, uh, they're known as MAPDs, prescription drug. Um, there, are, there are acronyms again. Yes, here we go again. So um, for a part C plan, a Medicare Advantage plan, you still need to pay your part B premium, um, but then you have a whole slew of benefits uh, whatever the company is willing to offer. Again, they meet a minimum standard. Uh, for example, this year, the maximum out of pocket for you under a Medicare Advantage plan is $6,700. But 
um, to stay competitive, the companies usually are offering around $1,000 maximum out of pocket. Very few people hit that maximum out of pocket because so many other things are covered. So the way the uh, money flows, if you're curious, is that Medicare pays an insurance company on a monthly basis to take care of all of your medical needs. The insurance companies in turn contract with medical groups and those medical groups will provide um, your healthcare as well. So it ultimately falls to the insurance company to provide your healthcare, but the mechanism is that they use uh, medical groups to do so. The doctors get paid on a monthly basis, whether you're well or ill, to take care of you as well. And so that's kind of how Part C plans work. Okay. And and then Part D, was there, were there more parts? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Part D is prescription drug coverage. Again, um, A and B do not include Part D, so you'll want to get a separate Part D plan if, if you have uh, original Medicare, if you choose it. So um, it's just coverage for outpatient prescription medication, the kind that you would get at Walgreens, save on um, CVS, places like that. There are a number of different plans available. And because they are separate from A and B, uh, they're known as standalone plans. There are, in the state of California, 32 different standalone plans, and they have a variety of premiums and deductibles and um, coverages on the medications that you take. Each prescription drug plan has a formulary, which is the list of medications they'll provide to you. And each formulary is broken into tiers, tier one being the least expensive generics. Um, most often those are at zero cost to you, at least in California. And then, you know, tier five would be the most expensive medications, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, uh, HIV cocktails, things of that nature. And those are, you know, those would charge you a percentage. Of and the I'm cost. sorry, did you say there are 32 plans in California? There are 32 different ones. <laughs> wow. Um, and, you know, as a service to our clients, yeah. we will provide an analysis for you to, to determine, okay, what is the optimum one? Because yeah. you can pay a super high premium and low drug costs, but does it make sense to carry that when you have zero, you know, tier one medications? Maybe right. not. Maybe you can get one for less expensive and it's a little bit more. There's a balance and we, we will help you determine that. Right. So depending on my prescription regimen, that might determine which plan is best for me. Just so. Yeah, that's exactly right. And as we know, uh, physicians can change medication from time to time. Uh, and so that may actually change your options from year to year on which plan you may, you may want. That's exactly right, too. Um, and we send out a, a letter to our clients every year. Hey, have your medications changed since we last spoke last year? Um, yeah. And we'll run a new analysis for the 2022 year, which is actually we're right in the middle of doing that. So wow. timing is perfect. Yeah. So the, win the window's coming up, right? Yes. And um, that, that is another uh, one of the entry points for Medicare. Yeah. So since we're bringing it up, the annual election period is if, uh, if you don't have any insurance yet um, and you want something new or if you want to make a change for parts C and D. Um, the Medicare Advantage and the prescription drug coverage you can change every year. And every year the options change. So, um, you know, the benefits change, the rules change a little bit. Um, so it's helpful to have an advocate in your corner to sort of guide you through that and say, hey, this, you know what, you might want to consider this this year. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, but that's when the window comes around on an annual basis and you go through and you do reevaluation but that's not the only time you can make a change right it's the only time you can make a change for well um for medicare advantage plans and for part d plans okay. that's the only time you can make a change but there is one other opportunity <clears throat> called the medicare advantage open enrollment period and that runs from january 1st to march 31st so um you have a one-time opportunity to change from an advantage plan to another advantage plan or to go back to original medicare okay so but not part d you can't change part d plans can't change part d okay so there's and just so we can kind of walk through the windows again if, if that's okay with you yeah, absolutely initial election period right right which has the the months the three months before and the three months after Right, seven months. Right. And you've got the special election periods. There are a number of them, but the main one is leaving employer coverage. Um, it could be moving to a new area, new state. Okay. Um, um, the annual election period, which is the opportunity to change or choose a new Part C plan or a Part D plan. And then there's something called the general election period, which we really would like to avoid. So let's say that you retired, um, you're not actively employed, and you waited nine months. Um, the window is eight months after you leave employer coverage to sign up for Part B, but you forgot to do it. You were on vacation, you were enjoying a nice uh, holiday in the tropics and you came back and you realized, oh man, I, I didn't sign up for Part B. There is an opportunity once per year to sign up for Part B. Uh, it's called the general election period. If you forgot or you neglected to get your Part B, you can do it then. It's in the first quarter just like the MAOEP, um, it's in the first quarter of the year. And as long as you do it by March 31st, they will allow you to start on July 1st. So you've got a big delay in, in starting part B if you forget to do it. Not only that, there's a penalty associated with not signing up for part B when you should have done. So as an example, um, a fellow contacted me and he said, hey Dan, um, it's April 7th, and I just got back from vacation. I was on Cobra and um, my Cobra company had notified me that I have to sign up for Medicare. So I went into Medicare and they said, uh, Social Security Administration, and they said, hey, you've got to wait until January 1st of next year. Now it's April 7th. So he has to go all the way from April 7th to January 1st before he can sign up for Part B of Medicare. Not only that, he has to wait until July 1st for it to start. And because he's been out of Part B for more than a year, he's going to be assessed a penalty of 10% of that Part B premium, that base, that 148.50. So he'll have to pay another $14.85 a month. They round it up, so it's $14.90. Um, so um, that penalty will go with him for the rest of his life. Wow. That, that's not fair, right. um, but because you're wise consumers, you are now aware of the general election period, and I will make sure that you don't fall into that trap but a number of people have been caught in it. Okay. So um, I'm in the situation where, I'm, I'm personally not, but one is in the situation where one maybe retires a little bit early and I'm on COBRA or I did my own personal insurance. And now um, what, what are some of the things that I need to, to think about transitioning for that? And so say I have uh, maybe I, I have my personal plan and my kids are on my plan or, or does, 
Medicare cover dental and vision or how does how does that stuff? Sure, sure. So these are considerations for when you're leaving employer coverage, right? Um, you're just turning 65 or you've even waited a while. Yeah. First uh, thing we have to remind you of is that individual plans, that's less than 20 people, COBRA, retiree plans, those are not employer coverage. Okay. You need to get part B or you'll be subject to that general election period that we talked about. So get part B when you get ready to retire. Second, if you're leaving employer coverage, you're leaving the nest. So generally you cannot go back. Um, in fact, that's it's probably 99% employers will not take their employee back. You, you're done. Um, there are family considerations as well. If you have uh, a wife or a spouse and a child or children on your employer plan, what happens to them when you leave the company plan? Probably um, they will extend COBRA to them, but COBRA is expensive. So we want to avoid that. They'll have to go on to uh, an ACA plan uh, or an individual plan, what we call an individual plan. Uh, of the three things that happen to us as we age, hearing, dental, and vision, routine at least, those are not covered by Medicare by law. I guess they, the people who established uh, Medicare determined that it would be just too expensive to do that. And so um, as long as you're kind of upright and able to move across the room, whether or not you can see across the room, you're good to go. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of Medicare's view. You would need to get something separate. If you can keep what you've got with your employer, that's fine. You, you can have a separate or a standalone dental vision hearing plan. Um, and we can provide those as well if you if you want that. Okay. And then if you're making uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah. And if you're making HSA contributions yep. after age 65, uh, yep. you'll want to stop before uh, six months before you sign up for Medicare because they'll make Medicare retroactive uh, six months. And uh, what will happen is those tax-free contributions that you're making to your HSA. Those will not, not be considered tax-free. You'll be taxed on those six months that you contributed up until you signed up for Medicare because it's retroactive. You can't have both. Okay. So the real answer is to kind of be proactive. If you're turning 65, check issues with your benefits administrator. If you have more than 20 employees, do I need to sign up for Medicare? Can I continue with this plan? Um, uh, but generally speaking, you'll be able to stay on the employer plan. If you leave employer coverage after age 65, there are forms to complete. We have them on our website. Contact me if you'd like that too. Um, but there are a couple of forms to complete. One of them says, hey, I want part B. I didn't sign up for when I turned 65. And the other one says, here's why I didn't have it. So this is your get out of jail card. Okay, we have those forms. The part B penalty is 10% uh, per year. But if you sign up within eight months of leaving employer coverage, which you'll want to do anyway, um, you will not be penalized. The Part D penalty is you have to sign up within 63 days after leaving employer coverage. But if you have COBRA or retiree plan, that's considered okay. You don't need to sign up for Part D of Medicare. So it helps to have uh, a sort of a broker explaining yeah. these things to you in particular. Well, and this is actually one of my fundamental questions is always, look, this is something that everyone is going to need to go through at some point in time. Why why make it so complicated? <laughs> you know, that, it's a good question. There are a lot of uh, carriers and yeah. 
um, stakeholders in the Medicare system. It's gotten kind of unwieldy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's why I'm here to help kind of guide you through it. Um, you'll probably want to work with an independent broker versus an, an agent. Agents work for companies. And uh, we don't charge a fee. Actually, we're paid by the insurance companies that we represent. But um, independent brokers are able to uh, compare plans for you if you're looking for something in particular. Um, and we do, we do kind of the legwork for you. Uh, we know what to look for. You know, if you're, you want to go with this medical group or I want to see these doctors, yep. how do I get there? And, and so that's very helpful uh, versus having to do it yourself. It's kind of like having a, um, you know, going onto YouTube, you could do it yourself. You can fix your own brakes, but um, it might be nice to have somebody say, you know what, I can fix your brakes for you and I'm not going to charge you for it. Medicare will, and, and the insurance carriers will pay me. Um, whether you go directly to the company or if you work with a broker, you're not going to pay anything. It's the, the same price. The street price is the same as going directly to the company. So it's it's nice to have somebody helping you go through the, the, the steps, the process. Okay. Um, supplemental plans, is there more to, to, to cover on the supplemental plans? Sure. So what we'll do is we'll talk about um, when you get into the Medicare and you have parts A and B, your foundation, um, you have options. A and B gives you tremendous flexibility. Um, and you can go to any doctor that accepts Medicare or will bill Medicare for you. Yeah. Under an Advantage plan, the other option, you, um, you're you going into a network. It's always a, a network. It's either going to be a PPO, preferred provider organization, stay within that network. Um, if you go outside, you're going to pay a little bit more or maybe a lot more. Um, most of the Advantage plans are HMOs and they um, I'll, I'll say restrict you to a medical group, but if you're comfortable with that group, some people will say, well, why, why don't I just do that? Yeah. Medicare Advantage plans are very low cost. Um, and again, they're sort of a separate system. There's something um, that works with original Medicare. They'll say, I, I really like the flexibility that Medicare offers, and I'm willing to pay a little bit more to maintain that flexibility, but I don't like all these gaps that you've got, the 1484, the 203, the 20%, the 15% excess charge. How can we fill in those gaps? And we do that with something called a supplement plan or a Medigap plan. Um, this is where it becomes a little confusing because the Medigap plans... Like it wasn't before, but now it comes... <laughs> Yeah, well, the Medigap plans are lettered, um, but they are not parts, they are plans. Okay, so you've got the four parts of Medicare, A, B, C, D, and then you've got lettered plans. The gold standard of these plans used to be one known as the letter F. Um, so F covered everything, all those things that we just talked about. There's a new one out, and it's, um, it's available to people who turn 65 after January 1st, 2020. Um, so if you have done so and you're turning 65 this year, you will not be able to get an F plan, which covers everything. You will be able to get a G plan, which covers everything except the first $203, that part B deductible. So it's a pretty good plan. And there is value in having a G plan anyway, because it's less expensive um, than an F plan would be number one, right? It's not compre as comprehensive. Um, but the difference in premiums is more than the $203, yeah. if that makes sense. So you'll save money if you go to a G plan anyway. Okay. Um, some of the key things, key points? Sure. 
Let me run through that really quickly. Um, you don't have to enroll in Medicare. You have employer coverage, yep. right? You, you have a special election period when you leave. A and B, original Medicare, excludes pharmacy, Part D. Um, a and B alone, they leave you exposed to unlimited out-of-pocket healthcare expenses. So we look for ways to hedge that risk or eliminate it. Um, options to obtain additional coverage are Medicare supplement plans, also known as Medigaps, um, pharmacy prescription drug plans, and Advantage plans, which usually roll all of the benefits that you would have under original Medicare with a prescription drug coverage and sort of lifestyle benefits, gym memberships, um, over-the-counter, things like that, transportation. You can make changes to your Medicare plan choices every year uh, during the annual election period, which starts um, October 15th and runs to December 7th. And whatever you elect during that time frame, you can, uh, you'll start with on January 1st. Yeah. California, you can change your supplement plans every year as well during your birth month. Yeah, they call it the California birthday rule. And then if you're leaving employer coverage, um, you want to consideration the, the number of factors that we talked about. We offer this uh, advice at no cost to you. Okay. And just out of my own curiosity, the 32 plans in California, is, is that typical of most states that they have that many different types of plans? Yes, it's a good point. Um, anywhere from 30 to 35 plan, drug plans. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot. I'm, I'm, glad, a lot. I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> it, it's, it's not incredibly complex, but um, you know, Medicare populates its database every year around the 15th. So when we do our analysis for clients, we have to wait until the 15th um, of October. Of October. And then we run them all as quickly as we can yeah. um, and carefully. So sure. that what now, so just to revisit that for a second. So the information comes out on the 15th and then what's the window until we have to make a decision? December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. Okay. Yeah. How apropos. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I mentioned it to one of my younger cohorts, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor Day, and she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, from December 7th, the day that live in infamy. And they're like, nah, no, my, you know, my husband's a history buff, but yeah, my gosh. Well, okay. Well, Dan, thanks. That is a ton of information and extremely helpful. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come walk us through that. I, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I know it is a lot of information and that's just sort of the basics. I, yeah. I, I wish I could uh, make it more clear, but sometimes it takes paper and pen to do it. Yeah, no, and we have your contact information available and we have a summary of the, of the points that you went through. So, and we'll make it available in the, in the notes of the podcast. So. Very good. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. So that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you found this topic interesting or useful, please let us know. Or if there are other topics you'd like us to address, let us know that too. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us and thanks for being invested. The RAND Group is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced 
referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The Rand Group and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for the statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. The Rand Group and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the author and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.